This is an ABC podcast. Hello, Tegan. How are you going? I'm good. Should we do an episode of CoronaCast, a podcast all about the coronavirus? I think we should. It's Friday the 11th of March, 2022. Now, Norman, on a recent episode of CoronaCast, we had a question from Helen who was asking how many she has COVID and she was asking how many people had had COVID in the lineage between her and the original person who caught it in probably Wuhan in China. And we were really intrigued by this idea and you threw out some ridiculous number, millions, hundreds of thousands. Anyway, coronacasters have been thinking about this a lot more than you you clearly (laughs) thought about it when I asked you the question because several of them, including Rudolph, have come back saying, no, 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 that's not possible. There would have been an incubation period between the person who caught the virus who passed it on to you and then all the way back up through that tree. And they're saying it would have to be like a couple of hundred. So I know that you have a brain's trust that you like to draw on and you've been asking this question of some of the most elite virologists in Australia. Yeah. So, I mean, I love Rudolph's question. I, mean, I love the questions we get from our Chronicast audience because they just show us up. They really do show us up. <laughs> and Rudolph's comment is, when speaking on Chronicast, Norman Swan needs to think clearly before answering. Good point. I mean, words to live by, Norman. Good point. And and what, what Rudolph did was he divided the number of days, which is maybe about 800 since Wuhan would, virus would have appeared, and divided that by an incubation period of three days and saying, you know, it's probably only two or 300 people who've been in that lineage to Helen. But I was thinking, you know, I'm not going to make any excuses. <laughs> Rudolph's right. I should think more carefully before I answer. Anyway, I rang up uh, Professor Eddie Holmes. Of course uh, you did. World-leading evolutionary virologist at the University of Sydney who was waiting on his plumber after the flood. So it was a bit of a break for him to actually think about this. And Eddie said, oh... That's a good question. I love it when you can hear an expert getting excited by like a thought experiment like this. Yeah, that's right. So here's the, com- I'll just paraphrase, I should have recorded it, but anyway, here's the paraphrase the conversation that I had with Eddie Holmes. So he said, okay, he said, look, imagine the city of Sydney and a perfect world where you could track everybody who's had the virus and do their, what's called the transmission tree going back and for each individual, you know, the, the transmission tree going back and you do a transmission tree for the city of Sydney, just for example. And what you'd find is that that transmission tree, and this is how you try to get back to patient zero, the very first person who got infected, say, with HIV, that started the HIV pandemic or or with um, the, the coronavirus. And in fact, we had a series, a podcast series in the science unit just called patient zero. But anyway, you got the transmission tree trying to get back to patient zero and you literally go through millions and millions of people to get back to patient zero. But, and this is where Helen's right and Rudolph's right, according to Eddie when he thought it through because his initial thing was this is millions of people, for each individual lineage, and there's going to be lots and lots and lots of lineages, and I'm not going to get into trouble with Rudolph and Helen about saying how many lineages there are, <laughs> but if you've got one person, let's say Mrs. Jones, who lives in southwest Sydney, and you tracked her lineage back, it's true, it's going to be in the hundreds. It's not going to be in the thousands or tens of thousands or millions. But he said it is probably going to be much more than two or 300 because the problem with the incubation period is that you are infectious during the incubation period. So you could be infectious at day one, you could be infectious at day four or five the number of transmissions is probably going to be higher than just dividing it by three. So that was interesting, but it's still pretty spooky to think it's in the hundreds 
uh, that you could trace back. Now, the, the virus has probably had a pretty interesting life during that time and has gone to mar far more interesting parts of the globe than <laughs> any of the rest of us during this time. It really feels like an episode of Who Do You Think You Are or one of those uh, gene genealogy shows. Yeah, and they haven't had to pay for any hotels. You know, governments have paid for the <laughs> hotels and had to slide back and had cocktails. But okay, all right. So yes, Helen's lineage or Mrs. Jones's lineage may be a couple of hundred or a few hundred people if you trace back one by one. But obviously the virus has infected billions of people globally. So presumably if someone along that chain doesn't pass the virus on, then that eventually reduces the amount of infected people by potentially millions. The breakthrough thinking here from Helen and Rudolph and the, all the other people who've come through to us is that you've got multiple single lineages and it helps to understand how you could be the dead end. Mm. Because if you don't transmit it beyond you, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of sad in a way, but it's actually good news in terms of public health. <laughs> It's the end of that virus. It doesn't, it doesn't go to anybody else. It just stops there at the end of that lineage. Be the dead end you want to see in the world. That's right. So the, you just we need to create lots of dead ends. And there's been an interesting paper on how masks create that dead end. Yeah, so basically you're seeing the flattening of these curves, which we know about flattening the curve, but when, if you think about that as numbers of people with the virus, in the States they've sort of done some modelling around keeping masks going for longer or if they've taken them off straight away. And they really have avoided so many cases that would have happened otherwise without mask use. Yep. Just it's the end of the line for that particular virus. Just got to think of it that way. And masks help you do it. And the more the more infectious the virus is, probably the better the mask is you need to the best the better the mask you need to use. And we're getting to the stage where you Eddie's now texted me. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> um, so can I just interrupt what I'm saying here to you? Eddie Holmes has just texted me. Obviously, <laughs> his plumber hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> what have you done, Norman? Um, so I'll just read out Eddie's texts, right? He says, I've had a think. Your listener is right that the virus in any of us is likely to have only been through hundreds of individuals going to go back to Wuhan. It's hard to estimate how many. Some people will transmit very rapidly, increasing that number. But in cases like Omicron, immunocompromised hosts might be involved with very long durations of infection, decreasing that number. You know, this is the business of you've got HIV or you cancer chemotherapy or an organ transplant. I'm not reading Eddie anymore. Prolonged infections, yeah. You get prolonged infections. Back to Eddie's text. However, the key point is that each of us infected would have gone through a different set of hundreds of individuals to get back to Wuhan. It's exactly analogous to a genealogical, a genealogical tree. Add all those pathways up and you get everyone infected. Also, although the number of individuals may be low, the number of viral replications back to Wuhan will be huge, millions, because the virus replicate, replicates so much within each host. That's all I've got, says Eddie. Thanks, Eddie. Rudolph, you need to give Eddie Holmes's office a call on Monday and ask him to be a PhD supervisor for you because you've obviously uh, set off something in his mind. Either that, if you're a plumber, please go and fix his gas for him. <laughs> Okay, but bringing this back to something more serious, you were, before Eddie interrupted us, you were talking about infectious lineages and the importance of really effective masks. And we know that we've heard the New South Wales Health Minister speaking in the last couple of days about the BA2 lineage, which we sort of talked about that, but not in a lot of detail. This sort of brother or sister of Omicron that perhaps is even more infectious. I don't think it would have escaped Coronacast listeners that the number of cases has been going up recently, particularly in New South Wales. And 
the question is, is this better testing or what have you? And there's been speculation, is it BA2, with this sister virus to BA1, which has been the Omicron virus that's been... Uh, they're both Omicron, but there's just different versions of Omicron. And is it BA2? And the health minister in New South Wales, Brad Hazard, said they are seeing an uptick in BA2, and that seems to be the cause of the increased cases. And in several countries in the world, BA2 has nudged out BA1 and taking over, and it clearly is more infectious. Whether it's more infectious because of immunization, it probably is, and therefore a bit more vaccine resistant. And the real question, which is still a matter of debate around the world, is, is it a more severe infection? Is it more virulent? Uh, and as Corona Cashers would know, we talked about it many times, virulence is a separate factor from contagiousness. And so it's, it's pretty random whether or not BA2 is more virulent, less virulent, or just as virulent as BA1. It would be worrying if it's more virulent. There are a couple of signals from some countries in the world that it is more virulent, but it's still a matter of controversy. There is a bit of nervousness around. And as we have said several times on CoronaCast, that Australia should expect a second wave. We're in a lull at the moment, but we're going into winter and we should expect a second wave. Whereas in the Northern Hemisphere, you may well see a lull that lasts longer because they're going into summer. So it it just shows you this has not gone away. As important as expectation management is, is there anything that we should be changing in our behaviour now, given that it sounds like BA2 is here and is more infectious? It comes back to not relying on vaccination to do the, the heavy lifting for us. Yes, it's still with BA2 likely, we don't know for sure, but it's likely to continue to prevent severe disease pretty well. But we're People, there are a lot of nervous people around the world watching to see whether or not that's the case, whether a fourth dose helps with BA2, maybe a little bit of evidence on that. It's not entirely clear. Uh, just got to watch closely. So if you are a vulnerable person, you should be protecting yourself when you go out by wearing an N95 mask. Now is the time to go back to mask wearing if you're particularly vulnerable um, and you don't want to catch the virus. Well, that's all we've got time for on CoronaCast today, this week. And we're coming back next week, weekly, on Wednesdays. Uh, all the things that Norman just said about BA2 notwithstanding, the pandemic does seem to be settling down a little bit. And we want to let you kind of get back to your daily lives, but still be informed about the coronavirus with a weekly coronacast. Yeah, we'll only wind you up once a week instead of three or four <laughs> times a week. It's weekly. It's on Wednesdays. Don't go away. And we will still be answering your questions, which you can submit, as always, abc.net.au slash coronacast. So we'll see you next Wednesday. See you then. <laughs>